Welcome in, everybody, to probably, I don't know, maybe the biggest episode of the College Rugby Wrap-Up Podcast so far, uh, and it's the biggest one of our offseason here. It's our mock draft episode, everybody. We are on the eve of the MLR draft coming up here for 2022, and I am here, as always. My name's Zach Lanning. I'm with my colleagues, Colby Marshall and Josh Rescio. Guys, this is the big event, the big show College players, this is what they play for. This is what they train for. This is what they live for. How are we feeling here uh, as we as we stand on the precipice of of greatness? We're moving on up, moving on up to draft day. Two days away. Super pumped. This is like you said, probably the biggest episode we've ever done. We've had a year of 15s fall rugby under our belts. Uh, sevens rugby has been going on. We had the collegiate shield. A couple of days ago, we have a whole lot of information about all these prospects. I cannot wait to see how it unfolds. I think we're on a good track, guys, uh, as far as our mocks go. So I'm really excited to see. Uh, we're going to have to develop like a uh, prize for whoever has the best mock, whoever gets the, the most guys going to the teams, I think. I would be very down for that. Yeah, I'd be very down for that. Anybody listening and they want to, you know, hit us on social, they have a good idea for what we could do for the winner, maybe even the loser too. I'm I'm totally down for that. Uh Josh, how are we feeling? How are you feeling on this? I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling fantastic. I mean, I, I did my preparation, I did my homework in the airport yesterday. You know, <laughs> I'm like looking, I'm watching highlight videos, trying to understand these people more and more. Um it it's it's going to be a great draft. I think there's a lot of information out there this year about these guys. We've done our homework. It's uh it's going to be super exciting to watch. I'm hoping I get it right, and I'm I, I think I'm going to be the best of the three of us. But we'll huh. see. That's funny, Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is humorous. Yeah, we got some uh, some similarities, some differences in our drafts. Josh, you had an extra like uh, obstacle this weekend to overcome. So you were a little busy, weren't you, at another rugby event? I was busy. Um, you know, shout out to Ryan Ginty, Next Level Rugby, for inviting me out to Club National Sevens. Got to be with Matt McCarthy. I know we haven't had him on the show in a little bit, but uh, what a what a wonderful event! I mean, you know, St. Louis, maybe a questionable place to host the event. Uh, the fields were amazing. Talk about this, guys. When's the last time you played in a tournament where you saw a 22 meter try zone? No, never. Yeah, yeah. They never. had three fields with with full size tri zones, and you would think that they'd be kicking the entire time. No, no one was taking advantage of it. But uh, great, because nobody's used to playing on that, so nobody <laughs> knew like what that what they could do with it. They were so surprised every time. But uh, no, it was awesome. Ton of college talent uh, scattered throughout. Got to hang out with a bunch of the Lindenwood guys. I mean, you know, shout out to that team. I know we've talked about them so much in the podcast, but. Um, that I gotta tell you guys, they they're still feeling that army loss from 15. So I, I'd be expecting Lindenwood to come into this fall season totally prepared, make a run for 15's championship. They got a they got a fan of me this year. I'm I'm excited to watch them. They were a great group of guys. They helped us out so much in the broadcast. So um we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep a close eye on Lindenwood. But overall, great tournament, had a great time, but I'm happy to be back on the podcast, ready to talk about some college rugby. Yeah, and congrats also to Scion Women's and uh, National Athletic Village or NAV on taking home the national championships there as well. Uh, I watched the broadcast as much as I could, and it was uh, an amazing team. You guys did a great job with that. Uh, and, yeah, shout out to Matt McCarthy. We'll have to have him on to do maybe some MLR reaction to this from the MLR side of things, see a team fits after the draft is done. But uh, the Lindenwood guys are going to be okay because I, I, we have a lot of them going very early in this draft. I say, so I we're think- going to talk about a couple of them today. So. Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll quickly get over that once they get in those those MLR buildings. Uh, so if you don't have any, if we don't have anything else, we can hop right into this because I'm I'm jacked up about you know starting to talk about these picks. But if you guys have anything else uh, before we before we go into this, we um, just crush this set at two twenty five. Just all the <laughs> adrenaline. That's what we should be working out like while this is happening. No, I hope people no, work not. out. I hope people work out while they listen to this. That would be that's the real move there. Put this on, throw this on, bang out a couple sets of like max squat, you know? I, I don't know how motivating your voice is to uh, gym goers <laughs> this early in the morning, Zach. That's fair. Zach, maybe, maybe Josh and I. Uh, I don't know. Wow. Zach, That's your voice fair. soothes me while I'm in my morning yeah. commute. You know, I, I like to put the show on, listen to it while I'm driving, honking at other cars, yeah. trying to get out of <laughs> my way. Then your voice comes on. It's like, ah, wait a second. 
I gotta, I gotta relax. Got Zach Lanning here with me. That's yeah, good to Zach. know, guys. This is yeah. Josh and I are the hardcore guys. We'll we'll get you through the workout. Zach, we'll have to get, yeah. put us to sleep. <laughs> just mute it when I start talking. Just mute it. You know, or skip ahead thirty seconds. So whatever, Josh and Colby are. Uh, all right. Well, that's good to know. Now, now I'm all like sorts of rattled before we get into this. But uh, before, I hope you guys are being soothed as you're listening. Uh, you're de-stressing. Uh, something that stressed me out for sure was late last night before we sat down to record. I mean, luckily it happened before we recorded. A kind of a big trade right off the the top of the draft here, guys. Nola, Nola Gold, who have an insane amount of draft capital, have swapped their uh, third pick in the first round to move up one spot with Old Glory DC, who had that second overall pick. What do we think that's about, guys? What that I could not, for the life of me, figure out why Nola would want to make that kind of move. What are our general thoughts before we start getting into some of the specific players we like there? Possibly some sort of uh, draft strategy on Nola's part. What are we thinking? I mean, I, here's, I, I only see one real opportunity or opportunity here for Nola, why they would want to go up to two here when they have so much draft capital, so much more draft capital than any other team. And I, I think they may be thinking that, you know, Dallas isn't going to take Sam Gala. And um, I think Sam Gala for a lot of people is that consensus number one pick and Nola maybe knows something else. Maybe they think Dallas is going to take a, a guy that they've been able to watch more closely but um, I, I see it possibly being a situation where Sam Gall is going to slip to Nola, in which in which case, great pickup, great great trade for Nola to have that much draft capital and still walk away with someone who everyone thinks is the best player in the draft. That would be huge. Yeah, and we don't we haven't really seen this sort of trade in the draft in recent years. Like this is the first time we're seeing something like this. And when you look at other sports, I guess when you usually see a trade like this, it's uh, like Josh mentioned it. They know that something's not going to happen or that something might happen the pick before so that they can capitalize on that pick that they're moving up to. So I like that idea um, of getting Sam, Sam Gala at number two. It could also be maybe they figured DC uh, was keen on somebody that they liked. And so they might want to uh, get the upper foot on DC now. Uh, so who knows? Could be either or. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see who they do end up taking there. Uh, I look at also as like, it's interesting to see as the draft kind of develops how MLR teams value picks. Like I'm just comparing it to the NFL moving up from three to two would probably cost like a, a great deal in draft capital. Nola doing it really just for their second round pick, which is towards the end of the round anyway, I believe. Um, but they really impressive, like they're, they're one of the teams that really get into this draft process and they have been playing it, you know, like really, really well uh, so far, I think making a few trades, having all those picks. Um, so they, they are really invested in this process, which is something I love to see, but uh, I guess we can just get into it then as well. And we talked about it a little bit, but guys our our consensus first overall pick as of right now, you know, as from what we know from all the film we've watched is Sam Gala out of Cal. Um, and I'll let you guys, Talk about, you know, what your thought process was on that. But just for me, he was the most complete uh, Major League Rugby ready, pro ready player out there. And I, I I can't imagine Dallas passing on someone like that. You know, uh, Manuel Albert, I can see because they really liked Naposki uh, last year and he's turned out to be a very good pick for them as well. Um, but I didn't see any kind of athletes on the same level as, as a Naposki that would warrant kind of that number one overall. So for me, you know, Gala is really that pick. I don't know how you guys feel about that as well, but. Yeah, I mean, you figure after Dallas, they kind of went back heavy, I think, in last year's draft with taking Naposki and taking Aaron Gray in the second round. You figure they take the big body, Sam Gala, uh, who's just one of the better locks and flankers in, in the draft. You know, Dallas is a team, they gave up a lot of points last year. And uh, I, I think the closest they came to winning a game was, their five-point loss against Houston, 38 to 33. And they they averaged uh, giving up 41 points a game to opponents. So I think they're going to want to get a guy in there that's ready for the for the pro level, uh, big body, guy who can defend, MLR ready. Uh, and really Sam Gala, he's he fits the bill better than anyone at this point. Yeah, I I still I still struggle to see Sam Gala going anywhere other than number one in this draft. Um you know, I, I had a little bit of moment to speak with Brandon Sparks too 
you know, earlier on trying to get as much as I can for the draft, uh, you know, for them later on. And even he was saying that Sam Gala is probably the, is the best person that you take at number one, the trade again, gives you that little bit of sense of, uh, you know, curiosity of what may happen, but um, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I think, I think Dallas knows that they're getting a great guy in Sam Gala, a guy that can maybe make an impact early on for a team that is coming off a pretty rough season. Um, so it's uh it'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm going with Sam. Yeah. The only thing I can think maybe also that would change things is that Dallas has an entirely new staff in the building there. You know, maybe they haven't had the chance to, get equated with the college landscape and, you know, uh, and maybe they, they were somebody that jumped out to them uh, over Gala. So maybe, maybe there is a slight possibility, I guess, that they just didn't have the same evaluation, but from what I've seen in other mock drafts as well, shout out rugby morning, um, you know, who I've seen uh, also has Gala going number one. I think most people that would be their consensus. Uh, but from there, it really, it branches out now. I mean, we all have gone three separate ways with our, our second overall pick. Um, and this now, again, is Nola's first pick of the draft. Uh, and it, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I was panicking this morning because it really threw off a lot of my plans. I'll tell you, I originally had DC uh, in this pick taking who I, I, I have the same player going now. Because for me, I think that's the reason why. Um, Nola made this trade is, is for one specific player, but I, you know, I, you guys go, who do you have in these spots? Uh, Josh, who do you think Nola takes here at number two? So it, it is, it is tough. Cause I, I had DC here taking uh, Mark Matuku from, from Notre Dame college. I thought that that was going to be a really good fit for him. A great leader can really fit into that DC group. Um, I, 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 I hate to make the last minute switch, but I still think who I originally thought Nola was going to be taking at three is going to be the number two. Masvita, um, I can never pronounce the last name. Help me here, boys. Nyamarebu, I, I believe. Exactly, exactly. From Arkansas nice. State. My guy. It, I know, I know. You talked to Masvita. the Lindenwood, You talked to the Lindenwood guys, and you know, even them, they said they could not, of everyone they were playing, and they played a tough schedule, they could not find a better athlete on the field. He was he was unstoppable when he had the ball. And I think um, a team like NOLA, who does a lot of research for the draft, understands this. And if they're going to use that international slot, they're going to use it early and they're going to get the best guy they can. And uh, I think they're going to take Masvita with the second overall pick. I just felt like NOLA was pretty set in their their back line, especially with international guys. I mean, that is kind of where they have invested a lot of their resources of late. Um, but I, I, you're, I, it's undeniable that Masvita is like an extremely, you know, athletic and, and sound rugby player, a very smooth rugby player who's uh, played the game for a long time. So I, I wouldn't be shocked uh, if that was the pick. Uh, Colby, who do you got here? So I have a theory, you know, DC had originally the second overall pick. I think they were thinking homegrown guy from the East Coast, Koi Koi Nelligan at number two. Whoa. I think he's a guy that Nola also wants. You know, Nola is a team that um, they were average last year, you know, hovering around 500. And he's just another guy, kind of like Gala, where he passes the eye test. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be ready to step in and give you some minutes right away. And so I think he's the guy that they wanted that they knew DC uh, was going to take because DC was looking for the homegrown guy uh, at number two. I think, uh, I think that's a good theory. I, th I will also say uh, John Fitzpatrick from rugby morning and I were direct messaging on Twitter last night about the trade. And he had a similar thought in that both uh, New Orleans and DC have military ties. So the, the GM at, NOLA is, is, uh, is a Marine um, and DC, obviously, you know, the capital of, of the U S uh, patriotic ties to that, to that program as well. So it's possible that both saw Koi Koi, you know, as, as a, a great uh, addition to the, to their building, um, especially with, you know, we know that he has applied and, and his uh, deferral has been accepted uh, for, you know, for his military service. So I, my only concern with, with, either of those sides or Nola taking him is that Nola drafted a hooker last year uh, in George Sharp, who I think that they are pretty happy with and play, got some minutes for them this year. Um, but again, that doesn't mean they don't want Koi Koi in that building either. I mean, he could play also as a loose forward, you know, and he's just uh, somebody you really want to have in there. For me, this pick, the trade up is all about 
positional dominance. And I think that there is one player that is, you know, other than Sam Gall, outside of Sam Gala, who is clearly at the top of their position group amongst a very talented group as well. I think I'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think this year's prop class is insane. And I, some of the guys I watched on film, like blue, I think this is the year of the prop. I think we're going to see a lot of props go, maybe not the first round, but second round, more than we've ever seen before. Uh, but for me, the number one guy who stands out uh, head and shoulders above the rest is Gabe Kettering from Lindenwood, who I think Nola take here. I had originally mocked him to DC because they could use some help in the front row as well. Um, but so could, so could Nola, so could everybody. You know, I think Nola has some decent uh, props, some USA Eagles uh, on that squad that are aging out a little bit. So why not, you know, get a young guy like Kettering, who is, uh, yeah, American-born, homegrown, uh, extremely talented, and just a physical force. Get him in the building and, and start, uh, you know, pair him with their other, uh, Brian Nault, who is an earlier pick of theirs, I believe, who they have on that squad. So uh, for me, Kettering is the pick here, too, for Nola. People, people on the podcast may not see it, but Zach, when he started mentioning that this is the year of the prop, as if it's Chinese New Year or something else, <laughs> just started. I mean, you can see fireworks going off his head. He's so excited that it's the big guys finally getting their due. It's always, it's always the backs. Everybody wants those athletes, but why not get some? Let's get some of these. And these guys can move, man. Too. I, I'll tell you, watching film like. I was, uh, again, I was like, I was getting real excited about it. I, I love to see a big man move uh, like these guys do. So you, we got a few I, dates coming up too. You, you've been waiting to use that, use that one, Zach, it feels like. Oh yeah. I've been waiting to talk about this draft for, yeah, forever. So I'm, I'm happy we're finally getting to do it here. Uh, so that's our picks at, at two for NOLA. Who do we think DC takes now that they have traded down? Uh, one pick we have again you know kind of a, a a mix of picks here uh so i'm interested to hear what you guys had to say colby who do you think dc goes with in this pick yeah i think dc is going to go with marnus spangeberg here uh second row out of lindenwood it comes from a established program i think he's just a safe pick at this point a guy that they really like and uh you know like i said comes from a big time program he's going to know you know how to play the game going to be able to step in right away and so um, I like that player for them at this pick, at this pick. And he's another guy that's just, he passes the eye test and uh, is going to be physically ready for the pro level. Game. Yeah. I'll say I may have dropped Marnus down a little too far in my draft as well, but it just was one of those things where he just kind of fell a few spots. I haven't gone a little bit later in the first round, but I think that would be a good pick here for DC. Maybe they're just thinking best available at this point. Uh, Josh, who do you think that is highest on their board for DC at this, at this pick? I'm still going with, Mark Matuku out of Notre Dame College. I think you 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 watch some of his videos. You know, uh, just such a leader for that team, a team that really had a wonderful season, had some tough games. Um, getting a guy like that in the building, I think, is huge. He had his, you know, he was able to go there. I think he played his fifth year, um, and he is someone that I think um, DC would be really lucky to have. So I, I see them using that pick for him. I am so this is what the pick that really killed me because Nola, I, I was able to I was felt a little better about giving them Kettering. I, I had Evan Conlin, the scrum half from Lindenwood, actually going second overall to DC um when they were there. Actually, no, sorry, I had Nola taking them third overall in this slot. Um, because I just think he is the real deal. Like he is just an explosive athlete. And this is kind of explosive athlete that you see got the teams clamber for at the top of the draft in the past. You know, I don't think necessarily he has to play. At scrum half right away, I think he could make a difference, you know, on the wing uh, or at fullback or, you know, anywhere on the pitch. But I have a tough time. I had a harder time giving him to D.C. just because they have that scrum half position locked down with Danny Tusatala, who is obviously a star in the league. So maybe they, you know, they're just thinking, again, best available and they take uh, Conlon here just for that raw athleticism and get him out of the pitch and utilize him in, in, in different ways and have a backup plan at nine now for when, if Tusitala eventually moves on. Like we saw in New England with Bodine Waka, you know, he obviously starred for, for the Free Jacks and then moved on. Maybe Tusitala gets a contract somewhere else and now they have Conlon in their building, you know, to kind of fill that athletic nine role. But his tape blew me away again. Somebody who just was, you know, had that game-changing speed, elite athleticism, elite quickness, uh, and and just, you know, um, has played a lot of rugby, a lot of sevens, uh, a lot of 15s at, at, at the top level. So for me, he's the best available here. I, I again, I would not be shocked, though, if if uh, Marnus or um, Matuku go here as well. I think both of those would be solid picks for 
for DC who kind of needs some, some talent, a talent infusion in that, in that building. So, um, but that brings us now to Utah who picked fourth uh, and Josh, you had a chance to talk again, like you said, with Brandon Sparks for this pick, who did, who did, uh, could you glean any information on, on number four here for what Utah's going to do? Look, Sparks is really good at uh, at holding his holding his cards, and I was able to get the Gala thing. But obviously, he thinks Gala is going to be gone by the time by the time Utah gets to pick. Uh, the one thing he did mention was how the Collegiate Rugby Shield was better than any combine that they could have asked for. So, you know, with that in mind, thinking about we have this great event where they get so much opportunity to really deep dive into these players. They get them at practice. They get to interview them. They get to see them in the game you know, in a situation where they have to take up a new system in a really quick time. I, I think with that, with Sparks, if he's going to use this fourth pick, he's going to use it on the guy that really shined the best in the shield. Um, Martias Karamudi from the national champion, Thomas Moore. I think, you know, he's a fly half. He doesn't come from one of these big schools. So, you know, it, it was an opportunity that they were able to see him mostly at the shield. He killed it there. And I, I think that it was, worthy enough for sparks to take a chance on him at four. And that's who I, that's who I have him take it. I love that pick. I love the guys from Thomas Moore. I've, you know, I've talked about them a lot, seeing them at the NCR all-star game. Uh, I'm mad at myself. I, I, I could not find a slot for them here in the first round. I don't think anywhere, which is, is killed me to do, but I, I would not be sure. I think they definitely go in the draft um, and if teams really value them and, and what they, you know, especially Kyra if he, if he shined at, at the rugby shield event, then, um, you know, I, I think I could definitely see a team taking him uh, this high. Colby, you kind of went a different direction. You had a bit of a, a bigger school pick here. Who do you have here going to Utah? Yeah, I think Utah is going to keep it simple here and take Ty Carlson, the hooker out of Light University. Utah is a team that was playing just as well as anybody uh, at the tail end of the MLR season last year. And they came out and said after the season ended, that they were going to look to add homegrown or mix the homegrown talent with um, established international players to continue progressing their franchise. Ty Carlson is a guy from West Valley City, Utah, and he's projected to go on a whole lot of mocks in the top 10, if not top seven or eight um, on Thursday. And so I, they're at a position at four where they can capitalize on taking that homegrown talent with a guy who deserves uh, to be taken at that, at that position. So I think they're going to take advantage of that and take Ty Carlson. Yeah. Maybe I'm sleeping on Carlson. I didn't, I don't have him in my first round here. Um, I, I thought he had some good stuff on tape. I didn't, um, I guess it didn't rise to the level for me of, of the, the first round grade, but it's possible that I, you know, I'm, I'm missing uh, something here. I think that's a great point with the, the home connection for Utah. Uh, a team that also you did draft a, uh, has drafted a hooker previously in the draft as well, I believe, uh, with Joseph Backey. Um, but yeah, it's always always in the need for that position, I imagine. Uh, I, this is where I have Matuku going, Mark Matuku. Uh, uh, I think he again, he's a top four guy. Um, uh, and Josh, I know you had him going a little earlier, uh, one pick ahead of this. Uh, but again, I, I think he's a difference maker. I think Utah is looking for kind of a. a a force on defense as well, uh, where they have given up a lot of points. I think they can score. They have some, you know, threats uh, on the outside, uh, but they they have had trouble stopping other teams from scoring. They had to. That's why they have to have all these like huge last minute comeback wins because they gave up like forty points and they're trying desperately to even the score. I don't know, Batuku solves that problem completely, but I think having a, a you know a force of nature at, at a loose forward spot. Uh, will help stop the bleeding a little bit for sure. And again, a leader and just a great guy to have in the building. Um, so now we're going international here, pick five uh, and Toronto, their first pick in the draft. Again, Toronto not involved in the first ever MLR draft. They were involved last year. Uh, now, again, this will be their second year drafting. Have not had a huge amount of success. If you read America's Rugby News, uh, Brian Ray's, kind of progress reports from the first two drafts. He kind of breaks down how players have done um, so far. And Toronto's had really bad luck with a couple of guys they've taken who have not decided not to join the program or decided to play pro rugby in Canada instead, uh, maybe contributing later on. So a draft has not been super fruitful for them, but do you guys think that'll turn around Colby? Do you think Toronto uh, this year has a difference maker that they can take at number five? 
Yeah, I'll take Josh's word. I'll take Josh's word for the fact that the Shield uh, may have some merit in regards to this draft. So I, I like them taking Matthias Karamudi here, um, a fly half that can do it all from that position. He would join uh, fellow Argentinian Tomas de la Varga on the Toronto Arrows if de la Varga returns to the team next year. I think that's still up in the air uh, his future with the Toronto Arrows. So, I mean, you know, they're a team that I think is trying to get back to the level that they were at uh, a couple of years ago. Um, or they, they had like a nice run, I want to say, in a couple of years ago, and they haven't been uh, the same team since. So I think they're going to try to pick a player that can start a new foundation for them. And Kara Moody, he fits that bill for me. I like that. I like that pick. And uh, also he would be able to play behind Sam Malcolm, who's one of the top tens in uh, the MLR. True. So he'd learn a lot. Uh, I, I think that would be a nice uh, men- mentorship uh, relationship for him. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great person to learn behind. Yeah, definitely a good place here for Toronto to kind of look towards the future and take, yeah, take a, a, a fly, developmental fly half, maybe let him sit a little bit for a season or two, uh, get some seasoning um behind yeah arguably one of the better fly halves in the league so uh not a bad pick unless josh's things comes true and and caramudi gets scoops right ahead of them by utah uh which would be that would be fun too i that would, i'm interested to see how many of these leave. teams start, start panicking <laughs> when this starts happening but uh uh josh who do you think toronto goes with here i think you and i had a similar thought process on this one we, we we do and you know stop me if you have extra things to add here too but um i i think toronto's got to go safe here you know, there is a if you have to pick a man from Canada who's a clear, you know, clear top choice, uh, Lewis Millet from Bishop's College is is that guy. Um, play it safe. Take that man. You probably have a good guarantee that he's going to want to join you. He's already in Canada. Um, I, I think it's a it's a really good pick and it's a it's a quality pick at five. Yeah, I have the same I have the same thought process. I mean, watching him, uh, you know, on, on tape was one of the first kind of highlight reels I put on. Um, and he's just a, a force, you know, he's incredible on the defensive side of the ball, high motor, dominant tackler, that looks for this to make the turnover in the rucks. Um, he's looking to run through people, uh, can kick it as well if he wants, you know, he's, he's really sized up since he started playing in, in college in Canada, uh, put on 20 pounds since his freshman year. So I think he's, he's got the frame, you know, he has the, the skill set, he has the motor uh, and he'd be a difference maker. I think, the arrows kind of love those uh, scrappy back rowers as well. I think that's a, a a mold they're looking for. And yeah, I think, you know, one of the better Canadian talents in, in, in the draft this year, uh, he'll, he'll land somewhere. Maybe the arrows, if he doesn't, you know, go with them in this first round, maybe in the second round or something. But I think he, I think at some point, uh, Lewis Millet ends up or Millet Millet. We'll have to figure that one out. Ends up with, with the arrows. Um, now we're back to in familiar territory here. Nola with back to back picks here still in this first round i mean they're going to come away with a a treasure trove of riches uh on this one josh who do you think nola goes with here in their uh second pick of this draft uh and first of two in a row well i I think you know when you're picking back to back we can go ahead and kind of preview back to back here so uh you know for the two guys that they have taking i i know you love gabe gabe kettering from from lindawood i think he's going to slip to six um, I think, you know, other teams maybe have some other guys that they're they're really, really honed in on. And Nola has a chance to take a chance on someone over it, too, and still have Gabe, you know, ready for him at six. I think at six is where they take him. Um, after that, that is also where I finally see Koi Koi going. I think Nola, a team that drafts super, super well, obviously they've been able to kind of, you know, do their research on him and he's got that, you know, just kind of the characteristics that maybe they're going to be looking for that energy, that leadership. Um, now that they know that his uh, service is able to get deferred, I see them also taking him off the board at seven and, you know, kind of bringing him into the NOLA squad. Yeah. So I, we have some similar players going here, just kind of different orders uh, to NOLA, depending on how the draft falls. I would be shocked if Kettering falls, but we can, we can see how that goes yeah, on yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, Colby, who are your two picks for Nola here? Um, you and I also had a similar thought process on this as well, just a little bit uh, reversed in this one. But who do you think Nola goes with here with their back-to-back in the middle of the first round? I think Nola's going with Mike Weir here, fly half from Dartmouth. Uh, it might come as a surprise, as a lot of my picks might come as a surprise to some people. But, you know, I think he has the potential to be a good pairing with their relatively young scrum half and Damian Stevens. Um, 
and he'll have a, the potential to learn behind a really good fly half in JP Elop, who's getting up there in age. Um, so you can imagine he won't be there forever. Uh, they're going to have to uh, develop their youth at some point. And Mike Weir, he just seems like a guy that uh, that I think they'll want to take in one of these back-to-back -back picks um, here in the first round. And then who do you have going at seven to NOLA after that? And then at seven, I think they're going to go with Lucas Black out of Lindenwood, um, the center, who's actually – he's – put on some weight or some good weight, I, I should say, since he uh, got to Lindenwood. I, I think, he, honestly, he's put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle uh, by the time he became a senior. And he's a guy I think that can line up at multiple places um, on the rugby field. You know, he's listed as a center, but he has the size to play elsewhere. And so I think he's just a solid player that is a uh, – it, it sort of – I guess he kind of fits into a category of taking one of the best overall or best available at this point. Uh, coming out of Lindenwood. So, yeah, I like him going at uh, seven. Yeah, Colby. No, I think your your Mike Weir pick was spot on. Um, I I have Nola taking him at their seventh pick, so I just a little reverse here in the order. I guess it doesn't necessarily matter what they want to do because they have the back-to-back. -back, but I think now is the time with all these picks in the first round, take the best fly half prospect on the board and, you know, you develop him for a little while, let him sit in your, you know, your play in your Academy or, or, you know, be in the match day 23 and kind of uh, get a feel for things. You have all these picks. Uh, I think you have to use one of them at least on, on a developmental, you know, out half kind of uh, position player like Mike Weir is who I, there were a lot of actually talented fly halves who, uh, you know, some of them we could talk, I have another one going in this first round that might be a surprise as well, but uh, for me, Mike Weir is yeah far and away the the more most enticing prospect about what he could be in the future. Once he you know puts some muscle on, I think bulks up a bit, uh, gets a little bit more of a pro ready frame. So I had Nola taking him a seven, and then I had them a pick earlier. This is where I had Marnus Spangenberg going from Lindenwood. So uh, Nola just cleaning up Lindenwood guys here. Not a bad strategy uh, if you know if if I were a GM. Uh, in the MLR, I would not uh, would not be mad if I was just hoovering up a bunch of uh, guys from one of the top programs in the nation. So, um, but I think Spangenberg brings uh, uh, some some bite to their back line as well. They're getting back. No, sorry, Andrew Guerra. They're getting back their first pick ever at, at loose four. Andrew Guerra from injury, who was a force. Cam Dolan still playing eight for them. Uh, if they could add Marnus Spangenberg to that that back that back row, I don't think uh, they'll have too many issues. And Mike Weir, great to have. In the building, and we are back on the clock here with Dallas. Colby, what does Dallas do here now with their second pick in the draft? Yeah, just I think here's another situation where the Jackals are going to look to take the best overall player uh, that will be remaining for my for my picks, and that's Gabe Kettering, a guy that you guys have talked about a lot, Adam Lindenwood. You know, if he's available for them at this point, that it's going to be hard to pass up on him, so. Zach's gonna be I crying. Go I, I would. I'd be sad for for Gabe if he slides all the way to eight here. I. I don't know. I'd have to. I will. We'll. We'll be doing a live stream, which I guess we should have probably mentioned at the top for this. Everybody tune in. We'll be live Thursday during the draft um, with John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Morning. Uh, we'll get you some details at the end of the pod and look on social media as well. But I may have to end the stream if Gabe Kettering slides all the way here down to number eight. <laughs> I will be distraught. Uh, but Josh, who do you who do you think Dallas goes with? Yeah, you know, I think you guys are sleeping a little bit on these West Coast guys. I mean, um, Josh Dowd's last names are hard, people, but yeah. Josh Dowd as well from UCLA. I, I'm going to call him the king of the breakdown in, in this draft. You, you know, you watch his highlight tape. You watch some of that UCLA games. UCLA, you know, started slow in their season. They were struggling. New coach trying to kind of get that system going together. But uh, Josh was really a leader on that squad, someone that I think really carried them to some quality wins throughout the season. I think Dallas is going to take a chance on him here at eight, um, give him a chance to kind of come in and make an impact right away. He does, you know, he's got size, but he can get definitely with his frame. He could probably get a lot bigger. So uh, I think it'd be a quality pick for Dallas at eight. Yeah. That was somebody whose name kept knowing at me as well uh, as we were kind of going through the, uh, the, the draft process. So I watched, I liked what he put on film and I just couldn't find a slot for him. You know, again, another, I believe, I don't know what his uh, status is, but he's from England. I'm not sure if he would take the international player slot as well, which bumped him down on my board um, necessarily. But yeah, UCLA is a solid program this year. 
Uh, and I don't think that would be a terrible pick for Dallas either, who, you know, looking to get some, um, some defensive stoppers in the building and just some, uh, some quality, quality athletes. So um, this is where I have my man, uh, Masvita Nyamarevu going. I think Dallas could use some, they're very young team and they, you know, they have a lot of, they, they have invested heavily in the college game as well. And they have a lot of, they brought a lot of young guys in to the building. So I think they could use some young rugby experience as well. I think uh, Masvita steps in as kind of one of the more seasoned rugby veterans while still being a younger man, you know, having played all this international rugby um, in Zimbabwe and playing since he was very young. So I think they could use somebody who knows the game very well and has a good feel for the game in that building uh, to kind of pair with all of those explosive, you know, athletes who may not have that kind of feel for for creating space or, or the finer points of the game just yet. So having somebody like Masvita in that building for Dallas, I think could be a huge, a huge boost for them. Um, but here we are with back-to-back picks for Rugby ATL, who uh, have, as I mentioned on a previous pod, have not drafted super well. Uh, chance for them here to turn it around with two picks in the first round. Um, and Josh, who do you think that Atlanta goes with here with their back-to-back selections? You have the shirt on. You're rocking Rugby ATL right now. So you must know something. I, I must. I must. <laughs> I must be uh, the uh, top analyst for Rugby ATL at the moment. But um <laughs> I struggle to see a program like ATL not taking a look in their backyard and seeing life university and seeing the talent that's there. Um, I know, you know, Colby had Ty going a little bit higher, Ty Carlson, the hooker from, from life university. I think this is a perfect pick for, for ATL. He can come right in. It's, it's nothing new to him. He's seen a lot of these guys. He can sit on that Academy side, maybe make an impact in his first year, maybe not, but um, solid pick here for ATL. I think they'll take that with their pick nine. And then in pick 10, that's when I have Lucas Black going. Another Mid-South guy, a guy that ATL gets to get a lot of kind of visibility towards as they had to come in and play life. Um, But uh, Lucas Black is probably another person I think fits really, really well into that system. Can also sit on the academy side. Um, Just crazy size that will uh, surely make an impact at the MLR level. Yeah, two solid picks. I, I like Lucas Black as well. I meant to mention when Colby was talking about him, I think he's a dynamic athlete as well, for sure. Um, Life University connection, I like as well. Uh, Colby, who do you have ATL taking here? Somebody you've, right, you're trying to replace somebody you've referenced a few times here in relation to Josh and his uh, his looks right now. So what 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 are, you, what are your thought process here on these picks? So, you know, when I think about Rugby ATL, great, great franchise. They've been on the cusp of winning the entire uh the entire mlr uh competition and and so i think you know there's just a few pieces away i really like them taking sebastiano Villani here um as sort of not i don't look at him as a replacement to ryan reese or for ryan reese but as an just adding depth to that position you know they've done a great job developing reese so far i think and uh if that's any indication Villani. I think that's a great spot for him to go. And I think they'll be happy to take him on and have them play maybe, uh, you know, one half for Reese, one half for Villani, sort of like what Rugby United in New York does with Andy Ellis playing uh, or coming on for Buckley or McManus uh, after the first half. And, you know, they're a team that won the championship last year. So maybe that's something that they, Rugby ATL will look to mirror. Uh, I like Sebastiano Villani at a St. Bonaventure building there. Yeah. And it's interesting, interesting you you mock Villani here from uh to ATL because they actually have another scrum half from St. Bonaventure already in the building. Uh Eamon Matthews, who played a couple years ago, I believe, at St. Bonaventure, has been kind of working his way through the Pathway 404 program. Uh I was I had an interview with him. He's from New Jersey, he's a Jersey guy originally. Uh, and he I think is is finally ready to crack that that starting roster um, for rugby ATL. So it'll be interesting to see if they do pair a couple of uh, scrum halves from, from St. Bonaventure. Obviously they'll know a lot about Villani from, you know, through the connections from Eamon Matthews uh, should have a good read on him. So uh, he also that would be. doesn't have to play scrum half. He can also line up and play fly half if he, if he has to. That's very true. A great talented athlete and a, a really driven rugby player. I, I watched him at the, uh, the, um, a tournament I called previously the Can-Ams. Uh, he would play in a team in that tournament and was like, was, was very, very, you know, you could tell he was a, a difference maker around on, on the pitch. So, um, but who do you think they take after that Colby at their, with the pick 10 overall uh, rugby ATL second of the first round? Yeah. Uh, I, 
like Colin Gross here from Army, the flanker. I, I think it's sort of one of the best players that are going to be available uh, for them at this point, uh, coming out of the big program in Army. Um, you know, I see them taking it back at nine, and I think they'll go forward at 10. So, yeah. Yeah, Koi Koi gets a lot of love, but I think Colin uh, Gross is another excellent pick out of out of Army who also had, you know, his uh, deferral approved uh, and could really make a difference for some programs. So I, I'm excited to see where he ends up and somebody else I left off because I'm really bad at this. Uh, so I don't know, maybe he'll fall in the second round, hopefully improve me right. But uh, I hope he goes in the first for, for his sake. Um, I have Atlanta going with some dynamism here. Like I want to see them uh, get a little bit more dynamic. Uh, I don't know how many times I can say the word dynamic in different forms, but I just want to see some juice, you know, on that team. I think that's what separates them. They're a very solid team. I think they're very fundamentally sound. I think they play great uh, defense. I think that's gotten them very far in the league. But for me, adding somebody like Doyle Hedgepeth, who is another prop that absolutely blew me away from Queens University of Charlotte, who moves like he weighs 100 pounds, but he actually weighs like 280 pounds. And just like, is one of the better, you know, runners with ball in hand that I've seen and, and can pass, uh, you know, with, with the best of the back line and, and just could be a, a real solid piece of, of an offense um, to have a prop that can contribute uh, in those ways on offense, I think is, is indispensable. So may take a little while uh, seasoning, you know, to, to get him uh, ready to go, but Atlanta is kind of famous or infamous for, for drafting guys and, putting them into that pathway four four program and letting them, letting them marinate for a while before they get on the pitch. Um, but getting Doyle Hedgepeth in the building from, you know, around that area as well uh, in Charlotte, I think is a home run for them. Um, and I also want to see them with back-to-back picks here, take a shot on maybe their fly half of the future. Uh, and I'll see, have them take one of Josh's best friends, Case Fleck uh, from Indiana, the fly half who somebody Old. that I watched. <laughs> yeah. Somebody that I watched play, and I think there are, other, you know, Shane Barry from UCLA could be a pick here as well. Like I liked what he brought to the table as well. But Case Fleck, just watching him on tape, I, you know, saw things that I, I didn't see in the games that we watched um, in person, just being able to go back and rewatch those, um, those films. I loved what he brought to the table. I loved his, you know, creation abilities. Uh, I thought he had a great field sense. I thought he saw space very well on the pitch. And I think he's a, a dynamic athlete. So, you know, ATL again, We'll maybe have him sit playing pathway four four for a while, but getting a you know the fly half of the future quote unquote in your building uh, early on is never a bad decision in my eyes. Bold move, Mister Lanning. Yeah, I don't think I don't know. We'll see. He may, this may be the most far off I am the whole draft, uh, but Case I like Fleck what he was, does. Case Fleck was MVP of the Big Ten in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, I think he he has, and that's you know that that's no joke. I think it, it, the competition levels is fairly high there. And we've seen him also do it, you know, at all-star tournaments as well. And, and uh, at the May madness sevens. And I think that uh, he's just, yeah, he's shown that he can do it. So we'll see, we'll see how that works out for me with my case Fleck uh, to Atlanta <laughs> pick, but um, we're getting towards the end here, guys. We're in the back three, uh, but Utah is back on the clock here at pick 11 uh, with their second pick of the first round. And who do you guys have Utah taking here uh, as we approach the end, just three picks left. I can't ever remember seeing a more explosive prop ever in, in the, in the college rugby and Brandon Carnes from Iowa state. I mean, you watch his highlight tape, you watch him from the shield that man forget. He doesn't even want to be a prop. He's got the mindset <laughs> of a back, but they just keep sticking him at, uh, at prop. That guy has just an explosive runner. He shined at the shield. This is me going on to this, this theory again, that Brandon is using the shield as his best opportunity to scout these guys out. I think he takes Brandon here uh, with the 11th pick. Um, You've listened to his interview that they posted on MLR's Instagram as well. Quality guy, super excited to get up there at the MLR level. Um, I I love this pick. I think I think it's a perfect fit for Sparks, and I hope he takes them at 11. I, I love Carnes. I really do. I, I watched his tape. He's like playing sevens. Yeah. As like a really big guy, like a huge guy. And you don't even notice, like it, it's, it, he was unbelievable. Uh, I, I was hesitant just because I don't know how many teams take props in the first round. You know, I, I haven't gone. You said it's the year of the prop. What the it heck? is, but, but I still am scared. I still get scared that they're not going to invest that high draft capital, you know, in, in a prop. But I, I definitely see him going in the second round to some team that needs a prop. Uh, but he is 
he is an athlete. I mean, I was, that was, he wowed me. Uh, At six foot 270. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like all over the place, just like stepping people, like breaking ankles. I I mean, I have not seen, I have not seen anything like that. Uh, Hedgepath in a similar level as him, but Karn's like, Something else for we sure. We may be sleeping on this man. Wherever he gets drafted, I'm just throwing it out there. Everyone may be sleeping on this man from Iowa State. I mean, what if that's who Nola traded up for too to take Carnes? That would be, I would be something, man. I'd that would be something. Mind. That'd be shocking. Colby, uh, who do you have here go to Utah if it's not the most dynamic athlete the U.S. has ever seen in Brandon Carnes? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with another dynamic athlete. I think Kiko Kawi. Uh, He's one of the more physical scrum halves I've seen in my life at a Cutstown University. I got a chance to catch up with him at the CRCs. Great young man, also hails from uh, Utah, so he's a local kid. And he'll join a fellow scrum half on the roster that's also from Utah, and Danny Christensen, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And so I think that's a pick that makes sense for Utah here. Uh, I have him taking a forward uh, with Ty Carlson at the hooker position early on in the draft. So I think they'll go uh, back here and take uh, Kari at a cut step. I love Kari. I, in my notes, I had him, I wrote that he hits like an old school middle linebacker uh, oh, from yeah. when I was watching his tape. He was just laying people out. He's a very physical guy. Yeah. Uh, and we know that that Kutztown side is physical from May Madness tournament as well that they won in sevens that he was a part of. So, uh, and Utah could use a scrum half. I mean, they, you know, they had a couple guys in the building last year uh, that they liked. I don't know if they, you know, absolutely settled on, on any of them, but um and also Kawhi, a guy that doesn't necessarily have to play scrum half either and make a difference, you know, so uh, probably be a solid pick to get him in the building. Um, for me, this is where Lucas Black goes. I think Utah are looking to replenish some of that, you know, juice in the back line that they have uh, with some older guys um, uh, with getting some young bodies in there as well. Having Lucas Black can never hurt. We've talked about him a lot so far. You know, great athlete, dynamic athlete out of a solid program at Lindenwood. Um, so it could definitely be a difference maker for Utah going forward. Um, last two picks here, guys. Uh, we have, you know, Seattle and New York on the clock, uh, two teams that played in the MLR championship. So obviously pretty complete rosters, maybe not necessarily a whole lot of need, depending on how this offseason shakes out with some of the international free agents that they signed. But Seattle picks first. Uh, and Colby, I'm interested in your pick here uh somebody that i had not considered um so make the case for where seattle goes here at pick 12 yeah i think the seawolves take a flyer here on uh none other than chandler owens out of kansas i have who uh kind of made some headlines at the collegiate rugby shield i don't know if you guys saw his insane what was it 80 meter kick that touched down inside the opponent's five meter line i mean kids got a boot he made some headlines. He got his name out there. Seattle needs a fly half. I don't think they're in love with Alatimu. Um, I also think that selecting a fly half here will allow them to play Alatimu in a more natural position, um, maybe in the back line, somewhere deeper in the back line. So I think they take a fire here on the kid from Kansas. I, you guys are both wishing Alatimu, who basically led them to the MLR championship at the end of the season, out the door. Uh, Not at fly out half the door, like... just at a different position. <laughs> Because Josh, Josh is, is picking him away here as well, Josh. You have Seattle taking a fly half also. I can't say picking him away, but, I mean, when you think about a team like Seattle, who is pretty much at the point they're, they're competing for the MLR championship every year, um, when it comes to the draft preparation and everything, I think people are going to sleep on the guy from Central Washington, Lewis Hollage. You know, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be maybe looking at him as closely as Seattle had the opportunity to just because he's, again, another guy that's, you know, close in proximity it's a good pick. Um, I think he would be really, really comfortable there getting to stay in Washington. So I, um, I, I'm putting him here, but Seattle really is a team in this draft. That's like, Hey, we're competing now. So this is, this is an opportunity for us to kind of get some talent, put them into the system and let them kind of be around here for a year. We don't really need an immediate impact. Yeah. I, um, I like Lewis Hollage a lot when I watch. So another guy, again, from the area, I think that's a great point um, from central Washington, uh, a guy who's played a lot of rugby as well. He's played both union and league, which I don't know if that's a plus or a minus for for union teams, but I think I think it's definitely a benefit, you know, just to get that experience. Great athlete. Um, again, somebody who has, you know, kind of 
rugby savvy and sees the field very well. Uh, I just, I just think they're happy with Alatimu for now. I, and I think they're more concerned in the short term about losing Rickard Hadding uh, to the suspension uh, for, you know, PEDs uh, that has was mentioned recently in the news. You know, that's obviously a core leader for them uh, at eight at number eight. And, you know, he's not going to be back for a, a large part of the season. I think this is where Koi Koi, goes is I maybe I am I have quickly way too far down but I think he'd be a great fit in Seattle um I don't know if there's a better pairing of like a city that loves rugby and a, and a guy that loves rugby as much as I'm not sure who loves it more I think they both are just that's a, a match made in heaven because they both are just so passionate about the sport as a city and then Koi Koi as a player uh, who has really fallen in love with it over his time at, at army um and could come in and be that leader you know, obviously maybe not on the same level as a record hatting right away, but can fill in at eight as he, you know, he played loose forward at army. Um, uh, Seattle doesn't have uh, impressive hooker options at the moment either. So it could play there as well. But Koiko, I think if he falls as far to Seattle, they're really getting probably the, the, another steal of the draft. They were able to take Lepetti at or three last year. Koiko at 12 would be another Lepetti esque pick for them. Um, so we'll see. I like that matchup a lot. Uh, maybe it's just me willing that into existence, but and can I just say, you know, Koi Koi, another guy that I, you know, I got to chat with briefly, uh, briefly, you know, kind of over the weekend. Quality man. I mean, in the sense that he, when I asked him, I tried to see, you know, hey, where do you think you want to land? Where do you want to go? And just kind of that straightforward professional answer. I think he he really is. He is happy with whoever takes him in this draft. He's ready to make an impact wherever he's happy to move wherever. So moving across the country to Seattle, I don't think that's that big of a deal for him. So I, I, I think you could be totally right, Zach, with Seattle picking him up here. We'll see. We'll see if I am if history vindicates me uh, or I'm just a dummy. But I think uh, I would love to see that. So uh, we are now at the saddest part of the podcast, gentlemen, the final pick in our mock draft. Uh, Rugby New York, the MLR champions, 2022 champions. Where do they go with this pick? Uh, Colby, I'll put you on the clock first here. Uh, where does New York need? How do they improve that roster and make another run at the title, uh, the Shield next year? Yeah, the reigning champions, right? Uh, right. They got the 13th pick here. I think uh, I think they're going to go with somebody who has one of the higher ceilings in this draft in Jeff Matsuki from Meridian College. Um, Josh, you've talked about this kid a lot, him and his brother, I think a lot of teams are high on the both of them. And you'll see, I think, honestly, one of them go in the first round. And I think it's going to be Jeff to New York. You know, New York obviously has a lot of talented players in their back line. Um, you think about Andrew Coe and Jack Heitman running at fly half for them. Um, obviously, a whole bunch of other names. And I, I just think it would be a great spot for Matutu to go. Who's I, I think, raw talent right now. Um Super, super dynamic ball carrier, uh, can literally score from anywhere on the pitch. You know, that's what they say about him. And so I think going there and learning from those back players, getting those skills that you need uh, for them on MLR level will be really good for his development. And honestly, the sky's the limit if he can continue to elevate his game and uh, and improve. Uh, and so, like, like I said, I think he has one of the higher ceilings in this draft. And uh, New York doesn't have much to lose. It's the last pick in the first round, I think they're gonna they're gonna go with one of the guys that uh, can be a, a, a star. I think a firecracker uh, coming out of this draft. Yeah, Jeff Matuku was another person that really pained me as I watched him kind of slip down in my draft board here. Like I wanted to put him somewhere in this first round because I think he does have that game changing speed. Um, and can definitely be a threat on the outside. I just couldn't find the right spot for him. Maybe it is in New York. Um, you know, they have a lot of those, the guys they brought over from New Zealand late in the year. Um, I don't know how, you know, they'll stick around or how many years they may have left. Uh, so I, I think that would be a good, good supplemental pick for, for New York here to kind of get some, inject some speed, some pace into that, that offense. Uh, Josh, who do you have New York here? Again, I think we were similar on this, uh, this pick as well. We're similar. I mean, but uh, I think, you know, we talked about how Cal has not had a lot of luck in the draft. I think this year, this is this is where we see the change. We're going to get our second Cal guy off the board and Jack Monzo, the hooker from Cal. He's a guy from Queens. And I think you know, when you're talking hey. about New York, 
<laughs> when you're talking about New York and you're talking about how challenging it is to be a sports team in New York. I mean, those fans can be pretty brutal. You got to bring the guy in from Queens. He's ready for it. He's ready to come back to the East Coast. His highlight tape, just a classic New York guy. I felt like I was watching some sort of like from like a New York convenience store. Just his highlight <laughs> tape was just fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I I think New York picks him up, brings him back brings them back home. I think it'd be a quality pick for the program. Doesn't need to make an impact right away. Um, yeah, that's totally my guy. I'll say the Lannings historically from Queens. So we're from Flushing, Jerry Lanning. I'll mention him again, my cousin playing Iona right now, Queens guy. So maybe he, you know, comes back home to rugby New York later on. Uh, but I, so I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, historically tough, tough customers, everybody from Queens, uh, the landing's no different. So uh, but I also have uh, Jack Bonsall going here. I think, you know, they're obviously they're set right now with Dylan Fawcett, the butcher at Hooker. Not sure how many seasons he has left in him uh, for rugby New York. I think they also like the the um, I, his name is escaping me, but the the, the the backup hooker they played this year out of the American Raptors program, uh, who brought a lot to the table, a lot of athleticism and physicality. Um, but getting somebody from a top flight program like Cal uh, in your building at a position like Hooker, I think is it's too, especially to bring him home as Josh mentioned. I think is too good an opportunity to pass up. So uh, homecoming here, uh, I have as well the thirteenth pick, uh, and that will conclude. Our drafts here, gentlemen, congratulations on your first uh, trip out as an MLRGM. We'll see who uh, who did it best when we when we get the results uh, after Thursday night. Uh, but before we head out of here, give me some names that you guys like in the second and third round. Just a couple off the top of your head that you like um, that you may see go early uh, teams or you think might be steals going late in the draft. Yeah, honestly, I, we haven't talked about them uh a ton lately it's kind of a surprise but milan van wick you know i i think he's somebody that's definitely going to go in the second or third round he had a great combine um from what we've heard recent in recent weeks and i i don't think he's on a lot of people's boards i think he's gonna fly under the radar for a lot of teams and i think he'll end up having a great mlr career so i think he'll go in one of these rounds for sure and is also a player that can uh, might be listed at scrum half, but can play in other places. So I expect him to go. And then got to go with Colby Pearl out of Middle Tennessee State. What a great name, first and foremost. <laughs> and also, the Cowboy Coop has great, great hair. That's his tag on Twitter. Awesome, awesome hair. Great, great, lux- luxurious hair. So I'm just going to pick go him Colby just for Pearl. his hair. Just for his hair. That's it. No, <laughs> nothing else. Well, I mean, he's all he's also played for the USA Selects team. Yes. <laughs> you know, he, he's a great ball carrier, I think, as well. And uh has that flair, you know. Doing the name Colby Proud. Yeah, that's uh that's a huge, huge, huge boost for anybody coming out in the draft here. But I you made a great point about Milan Van Wick. I mean, that's a huge, huge that I don't think any of us mentioned him in our first round mock and any team that gets him. Uh, in this draft process, I think is is getting a a hell of a player. So um, that is great, uh, Josh. Who do you like in the later rounds here? You know, I I know you both put Mike Weir in your first round. I do have him slipping. Um, I think when you look at the size and the athleticism of some of these guys that maybe are going to go in the first round, Mike Weir is maybe someone that's going to slip behind them. Definitely think he's going to get drafted. Great person to bring into the program. Um, him and then also. But going going off of this shield, this shield thought Devin Rivet from Arizona State, um, a guy that maybe has not gotten a lot of the coverage ASU, you know, games throughout the year, but shined at the shield, in my opinion, and, you know, can see maybe a third round pick that some teams are going to take a chance on and bring them into their program. Yeah, that's interesting. You had Lewis Hollage ahead of Weir. Um, I, I think Hollage does have a little bit of the size of more pro ready frame on that front. So that could be interesting to see where Weir goes. I mean, yeah, he had it. He was in New England's building again, like we mentioned in the past, along with Connor Robinson, the hook right of Boston, who is not uh, in this draft. Um, but I so it's possible that he slips to them again back in the second round and they bring him back home. Um, but, yeah, the fly halves are very interesting. It really is just team team preference, I guess, on those guys, because they all bring a lot of different stuff to the table. So um, for me, I like. The one picked specific team to player that I like is Trent Rogers, the prop out of Kutztown. Another prop 
I'm t- all props today, baby. Uh, don't be shocked if they take him in the first round either with their pick at three. I mean, he's just that good. He's another one of those mobile big guys who was just demolishing people. Uh, you have that Kutztown Old Glory connection. You know, they're, the Kutztown is kind of, I guess, sponsored by Old Glory. Um, they're, they have a relationship already, and so they know everything about this kid. Uh, and he was just great. Then the other names I had, Brandon Carnes, who we've mentioned already, and another really amazing prop, Damon McCaskill. Uh, look for them to go to any prop needy team in the second, third round. I think it's open season on props. Once you get out of that first round here, teams are going to, uh, teams are going to go crazy on those things. So um, what do we got here, guys? That's all, that's all I can do at this point. I'm talked out, man. I'm like exhausted after that. Uh, so what do we got some closing thoughts here before we head out and get ready for the actual draft? You're going to talk about our live stream at least. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, I was going to let you guys go first, but we could talk about uh, our very exciting Yes, We'll be live from 645 through the end of the first round on Thursday night. Uh, the draft starts at 7. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's so mad, right? I was like, he I'm was sorry, like, I, I was, didn't mean to yell. I, I didn't mean to yell. <laughs> screamed at <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I'm just, I'm trying, man. I'm just a human being, you know, I, I, I make mistakes every now and then. Uh, but I, it's going to be a great show. We're going to, th- this chemistry will be on display. Josh will probably yell at me two or three times throughout that whole show. Uh, but we are going to have who I have labeled on Twitter as the most accurate draft pundit in the nation right now, John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Morning, who uh, last year did a full mock and got one pick right, which is more than I've seen anybody else get of any mock draft. So uh, we'll have John on, uh, and we'll also be moving to Twitter spaces after that uh, to kind of talk about our reaction to the first round and break down a little bit of second and third round action while that's happening as well. So look for more details on our social channels. Uh, it'll most likely be streamed on our rugby wrap up YouTube. Um, but we will put out the details uh, of that eventually. So, uh, but yeah, stay tuned. That's going to be a great show. And after that guys, anything else, Josh, you want to yell at me some more or no? No, I'm, I'm sorry for yelling. Uh, my, oh. <laughs> my condolences to you, but uh, you know, it's uh, the only thing I want to mention, totally not college rugby related, but uh, because I'm having just the craziest rugby week, I guess I can ever have starting with club national sevens going to be doing the draft with you guys. Uh, I'm out here in Canada about to play in the Bingham cup, largest gay rugby tournament uh, in the world. I get to play Sydney on Thursday. So wow. be the first time I get to play some people from Australia, but uh, wish me luck. Hopefully uh, I'm not broken by the time we do the draft <laughs> show, but uh, you maybe catch me live from the field. If I, uh, if I need to kind of <laughs> run off and, uh, start doing the draft live stream. So I'm excited. <laughs> I was yeah, going to say, how, how competitive is this, is this game going to be? Like, do you guys have a chance at winning, do you think? Look, Sydney, Sydney's definitely going to be the best team here, but uh, we got we got, we got got Seattle in our pool. We're hopefully going to be able to beat them, and then we get to play uh, the Emerald from Dublin. So uh, Dublin will be probably our, our closest match. I, I Hey, the Fog carry Mark Bingham's name. Mark Bingham, um, one of the heroes from the United 93 flight. Uh, during 9-11. So uh, I think the fog will come here and they're they're hoping to do their best. So I'll see what happens. You never know with rugby. You've had a hell of a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Colby. I just, I hope you, I wish you the best of luck and I hope you come out a lot. Thank you. I'll try. I'll try. (laughs) Yeah, Be in one piece for the live stream. As soon as we go to television, you're going to play in like a huge tournament, Josh. Come on. I mean, we got to make sure like you're all together here for the, the big time, the big screen. You just show up with a neck, huge neck brace on <laughs> and have us think. Like, and live from the Ottawa hospital, here's Josh yeah. Rescue. <laughs> about I to die. go into surgery. I would die. <laughs> one hell of a rugby week for Josh Rescue. One, it'll continue on as we go here. Uh, we are all going to be in the thick of it. Maybe we'll take some well-needed time off after uh, after the draft here uh, after grinding like 170 youtube videos of uh <laughs> like of college prospects and some grainy footage uh traveling all over the world in josh's case i think we, we some well-deserved time off but we're still in it we're still with you guys all the way through uh thanks for tuning in we appreciate you guys listening follow us on social media subscribe to the podcast do everything you got to do um Follow us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash rugby wrap up. If you want to help us do this more and better. Colby, do you have anything for us here at the end of the podcast? I, I did it last week. I don't think anyone was happy about that. So are you going to, are you going to save us here? I'm in public. I don't know. I, I don't want to scare anybody. This is public. Uh, you know, thousands want, listen to this podcast, Colby. Millions. I know, but like I'm in an actual public <laughs> setting now where I'm recording this. 
Right. So I maybe it's wanna... Josh's turn then. I don't know. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I talk specifically with Matt. I don't know if you guys have renegotiated your intern contracts yet, but I, oh. I made the first bullet point. No singing in the podcast. <laughs> I keep trying, but Matt keeps ignoring my call. So I can't renegotiate with him. So I think, cause I think he knows I want to, I want to get that removed from the contract. So, uh, Kobe, it's your, you're up though, man. Do it like, you know, just I got you. sing I got like you. no I one's listening. It's the college rugby wrap up show. Wow. Simon Cowell would be proud. Yes. Yes. I love it. Draft day. <laughs> <laughs>